You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another podcast, Lewis. And it's another podcast in the off-season, unfortunately. Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be an eventful off-season. Yeah, we're used to this, right? We kind of are. We we really are. I mean, I'm numb to it at this point. I mean, it, you know, every couple of years, you know, we, we go through the same thing in the off season, you know, all kinds of question marks, new head coach, new coaching staff, new schemes, new schemes, new decisions, you know, by the new coaching staff as to who's staying, who's going this year, more than any other year in recent dolphin history. I think there's there's a lot more question marks in regard to um you know what we're going to do how willing head coaches or guys that are being interviewed how willing are they to come here with the history over the last 20 years it's a tough sell it's a tough sell it really is um you throw in the fact that you know, there, there's question marks about the quarterback position. And, um, you know, it's, it, I, if it was me, I'm not so sure I'd come to Miami over anywhere else. Um, you know, this used to be a, a great place to be. Um, but I think that management is sort of, uh, is, is going to deter people from, from deciding to come here in regard to anybody with any kind of recognition. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you've got uh, decisions that are made that, that don't always make sense on the outside. So you listen to the team's point of view and you get mixed messages. It really doesn't help much. It doesn't. And the fact that, you know, if you come here and then you deal with what Flores is going through after he leaves, instead of just saying, hey, you know, we had differences of opinions on many different going down many different avenues and you just leave it at that. But all this soap opera crap is just, it's ridiculous. I mean, if you're a head coach coming here and it seems to always be the issue, you know, whether it's the head coach's fault, which it has been in some cases and um, you know, whether it's management's fault one way or another, it is what it is. And you know, the, the management is responsible for the hires, Mike, you know, that's one thing we all tend to overlook is the fact that all of these head coaches that have been brought in have been brought in by management and then they've basically, you know, tossed them to the curb. Um, Quickly. Pretty quickly. I mean, I think Flores, without a question of a doubt, was too quick. Gase, I think um, it was time for him to go. Philbin, pretty much the same. A couple other guys, not so much. I mean, obviously the whole thing, um, you know, with that, character up in Alabama, you know, that was a whole different situation altogether. But then again, maybe it wasn't, Mike. You know, he wanted 
I think the whole situation with Saban was he wanted more control and the Dolphins refused to give it to him. You know, he wanted complete control of who he was going to draft and so on and so forth. And when they didn't give him that opportunity, he said, screw you, I'm out of here. Yep. Could have been a, maybe one of the bigger mistakes that they've made as a franchise. Well, I don't know that he would have been long here anyway, because I know his wife wasn't happy living in Broward. And uh, you just didn't feel like it was the right fit. Listen, you know, if, if you have complete control of an NFL organization or the majority of the control, Mike, I, I think he could have convinced his wife into hanging around. And, you know, maybe, the, you know, they had children they were raising. So I don't know. I don't know either. But, you know, that's what has been said. And that's, you know, that's what I'm going with. Yep. So we, we've got questions, Lewis. We, we asked people to submit some. We did get some submitted. And uh, the first one, um, Cole asks who we prefer as coach. Cole. Cole have a last name? Or I didn't write down Cole's last name. I didn't know <laughs> if he wanted it shared. Cole. All right, Cole. All right. So what was the question again, Mike? Because I got a little sidetracked. Yeah, obviously. It's late. Go who ahead. do you I'm prefer sorry. as coach? Who do I prefer as coach? Um, wow. There's so many guys they're interviewing. Um, Would you like me to remind you of them? No, no. <laughs> the, the list is way too long. It'll take up half the show. Um, only seven names. Go ahead. There's only seven yeah. that they're interviewing. Yeah. Right. There, there's seven that they've interviewed up to this point. No, I, seven I, that they have um, scheduled. Scheduled an interview. An interview right. That's what I meant. Again, it's late. Um, I think there'll be much more, Mike, um, you know, because I think that as this thing progresses, I'm going to revert back to what I said earlier in the show. I think that we're going to see guys going elsewhere. Well, and, then teams are going to hire people and chop names off the list. Yes. And there'll be more players that, uh, or more coaches, I should say, that come to the forefront and uh, they interview. Um, my choice, you know, because I was thinking about this as, as we were talking, um, my number one choice would be Peterson. Um, he has a little bit of history here. You know, Marino is still with the organization. I think he, as long as they got along well, I'm sure they did, would be more than happy to have him here. He's, he's uh, an offensive-minded coach. I don't see his name on the to-do list. I don't either, Mike, but, you know, that's, that's the guy that you asked me a question, and that's the guy I would like to have here. Um, you know, regardless of, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking into consideration the guys that are being interviewed. I'm just giving you my opinion on what I would do. Uh -huh. um, I'd get a guy like him in because with him comes credibility. And with credibility comes good assistant coaches. And that's, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, are saying, you know, Flores, oh, the, 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 main, the main problem they had with him is the fact that he couldn't keep coordinators or didn't get along with them or whatever the case may be. Well, you know, the bottom line is there were a ton of circumstances involved in those situations, and, and it's not one blanket thing, you know? I mean, and that's what people don't understand, is that they want to blanket all of these decisions and all of these coaching changes on, on just Flores, and that's it, and the fact that he didn't get along with him or couldn't keep him here. But you and I know, and everybody that has any knowledge of all of these situations understand the fact that 
there were circumstances in, in a lot of the situations. It wasn't necessarily a thing where you couldn't keep them. It was just circumstances. And that happens. I mean, it's a business, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, with that being said, you know, with Peterson comes credibility, and with credibility comes very good assistant coaches right behind him. I mean, that's what you want to do. You have to get stability in this organization. Now, you bring in one of these one of these coaches that have been an assistant, and it becomes a situation where you tend to struggle to get your staff together. I mean, Flores brought some people with him from New England. You know, uh, he moved on on with some of them. He he brought in others. They left. And we're gonna we're gonna be in the same boat if that in fact is the case. So, you know, I mean, the guy up in Buffalo is probably in regard to the guys that are interviewing Mike, because I think that's probably what you wanted me to um, you know discuss the guys that they were interviewing. Who would I prefer? It'd probably be the guy up in Buffalo. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I look at a name like Dan Quinn, and I think he does what Doug Peterson does. Right. He gives some credibility. Uh, yes. But uh, of of the people that they're interviewing, the guy that's most intriguing to me, and I mean, I don't know what to expect out of him, but would be Kellen Moore, the uh, um Cowboys offensive coordinator. The other guy is Mike McDaniel, the 49ers offensive coordinator. You know, he's young, and that's the uh, question you have. You know, is he ready to do it? Uh, Because he's not very experienced, but he's been following uh, Kyle Kyle Shanahan for quite a while. And uh, he's a smart guy. I mean, he went to an Ivy League school, and uh, he's an intelligent person. So, you know, you have to think that maybe uh, he, he could do something that maybe some of these other guys can't. If I'm looking at Buffalo, you got the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator interviewing. And uh, of those two, was it Frazier or DeBole that you preferred? Frazier. Frazier. Yep. So you want a defensive coach? Well, I, I don't necessarily want a defensive coach. I want a guy that has experience. Um, you know, DeBell is, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't be a bad choice either, Mike, but, you know, Frazier's coached in the NFL. Yep. Um, he's head coached, I should say. And I like him, you know, as an individual. Um, you know, I think that their offensive coordinator, you know, when you have a guy like Josh Allen, it makes your job a lot easier. You know, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying that when you have that type of quarterback, it really, it really makes you shine as a coordinator. The same thing in, in um, Kansas City. Yep. I mentioned this in a previous mm-hmm. podcast with Bienemy. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Bienemy. Um, I think you know he's he, he does a good job, um, you know, from week to week. But with what he's working with, I mean, me and you could coach that offense. Um, you know, so the, the what about thing Vance is, Joseph. That's a name that's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, Vance Joseph had his opportunity in Denver when he left mm-hmm. us, and um, he didn't succeed. You know, you can go back to Quinn, Mike, and, you know, the reason I didn't mention Quinn is because I honestly don't think he would come here. I mean, I hope he would because, again, he's another guy that uh, has head coaching 
experience, and he, he went to a Super Bowl. He knows what it's like to coach in playoff games. Uh, he had New England beat for basically three and a half quarters. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that he's going to have to live with blowing that game for the rest of his life. But, you know, he gets he gets all the blame. But in all honesty, I mean, there were a lot of mistakes made down the stretch there um, when they had that game iced. I mean, they, you know, the quarterback made a mistake by getting sacked. The offensive coordinator made some bad calls and, uh, you know, it fell on Quinn. But, I mean, he got them right to the brink of winning a Super Bowl and Peterson won one. So, you know, obviously those are the guys that you want because, again, you know, with them comes some nice assistant coaches. I think, you know, if they got a guy like that here, they'd be able to to get some some better um, assistance. Yeah. Um, whereas the first year, you know, first-time head coach, I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, it's, we just start the is. whole process all over again, Mike, you know. Um you know, so there's a lot of monkey wrenches in this whole thing. What I, what I hope is is that they do go that route. Um, I'm not a fan of Jim Harbaugh's. I I do not want him here. Um, I think that um, you know the guys that we've talked about are probably the best cho- choices across the board. I, I like Frazier, you know, for the same reasons. Um, you know, but number one on the list for me would be Peterson. Number two would probably be Quinn. And then number three, it would be Frazier and then DeBill right behind him, the guys from Buffalo. Um, the other guys, I understand your thought process on them, as you mentioned them. But, you know, man, it's so tough, you know, when, when a guy does not have that head coaching experience. It just seems to me like, you know, we're just going to go around in circles again. Well, um, to, to use a uh, Jim Mandich uh, uh, phrase, none of them make my toes tingle. You know, I'm not excited that we could possibly get any of these guys. They, they just don't jump off the sheet at me and say, this is the guy we got to have. Right. Exactly. I mean, Mike, year in and year out, you know, I look at, I look at the situations, um, you know, in, in coaching and, you know, all the names pop up and a lot of the names that pop up are simply because the teams are having a lot of success at the time. But yep. You know, this, this whole coaching carousel is just a nightmare. You know, guys come and go constantly. I mean, you know, look at how many, look at how many guys uh, from New England, you know, have gone on, like Romeo and um, Mangini, you know, and, and guys. I mean, where are they? You know, where are they now? I mean, you know, they're, they're scattered all over the place. I mean, they weren't successful, and that's coming from, you know, under, coming from underneath Belichick. So. You know, this happens on a consistent basis. I mean, right now you want stability and that's what this organization needs. And that's why I feel like a guy like a Frazier or Quinn or Peterson, they would bring that to the table. You have experience there. They understand what needs to get done in order to get to where we want them to get. You know, you bring in a first year head, you know, first time head coach, it's it's always such a difficult situation. Yeah, it usually takes them a couple of years to learn how to be a head coach. And then, you know, you've, you've got, uh, as you said, the difficulty in hiring coordinators. So there's a, a double-edged problem there, you know, and then dealing with people. And uh, it's just, it is a learning process. And I know these guys have coached for years, but being the head coach is a little bit different than being a position coach. 
Right, and, and, and it has an effect on the players as well. I mean, when Flores came over, you remember all the Patriots that came with him. I mean, it was yep. nice. It was a good group of players, you know, Bolden and Van Oy and Landon Roberts. Uh, you know, th- these type of guys and um, – God, I can't think of uh, the center that came over as well that we wound Karras. up. Karras. I mean, you had guys that that wanted to come and play for him. You know, they said, this, you know, this is a guy we want to play for. You bring in one of, you know, one of these, one of these coaches that you're referring to, you know, they're looking at it and saying, you know, do I want to go to Miami? I mean, this is, it looks like a, a whole, you know, revamping again, you know, and a, and a whole fresh start. And I mean, two, three years more off of my career, am I going to get to a Super Bowl with this team? Because these guys are making so much money once they get into the free agent market. They have to consider that. Does this team have a legitimate shot at making it to the Super Bowl and me getting a ring? You know, and, and that's what it boils down to. I mean, unless you're just money hungry and, you know, you, you just, you know, just want to grab. And that's it. But these guys are making so much money, Mike, that I think they look above and beyond that. You know, once once they hit free agency, I think that they take that into considera- consideration now. And I think that if when you look at the Dolphins as an organization, they're going to be a really hard sell in order to get free agents here this coming year, especially with a new head coach. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner in the NFL is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes in DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have gambling problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I hope not. You know, I, we've, we've seen it before, but, you know, we've got the warm weather. We've got no state tax. And we've got all the reasons to be here that, that are outside of uh, the team. Yep. So, you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, you know, we have all those things, Mike. I mean, all we got to do is just get our shit together. Uh-huh. And then you'd have people flocking to be here, yep. you know. And, um, you know, the circumstances are, you know, are not such. So, you know, we have to just you know, cross our fingers and hope that, you know, I think that, you know, if you bring in a guy like a Quinn or a Peterson, you have that opportunity to get some free agency here and say, Hey, I love the way this guy coaches, you know, uh, he's an offensive mind. The guy is very aggressive. I, I I do want to go to Miami, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think it helps in so many ways by getting a guy with some experience. Same thing with Leslie Frazier, you know, same, same exact thing. Same with Quinn. 
All right. Uh, Michael asks, what is the worst thing Miami can do in their current situation? What's the worst thing that they could do? Yep. In their current situation. Um, I, that's, that's a really broad question. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what's the worst thing we could do at this point. I think we've already done that. I think, you know, the worst thing we could have did was, you know, to fire Flores and start this whole damn shit show all over again. And, um, you know, from there, I mean, I, I don't know. I well, mean, you'd have to say hire the wrong coach, but <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, but we won't know that, you know, right. I mean, we won't know that until next season is, is finalized and, you know, we, we are where we at. We don't know, you know, it, if it would in fact be the wrong head coach. Um, the worst thing that they can do right now, I will tell you this, um, in this year's draft, this is one thing that I'm in fear of is that they tried, they trade up. And they give up one of their first rounders the following season to to get a guy that they feel is going to be you know a a, <laughs> a type A guy in this year's draft. I think that next year's draft, not this year's, is is going to be uh, much more talented. And I think they should hold on to those two. I think that would be a mistake. Um, you know, unfortunately, San Francisco moved on. Uh, so now, you know, we're drafting at, at best, I think 24th and, uh, that's a ways down. So I don't want them to go reaching, you know, and, and moving up unless, you know, there's just, you know, they move up into the top, you know, five and they get a guy that's just going to, you know, absolutely be dynamic. You know, I just don't want them tinkering around, tinkering around like they have, you know, going back and forth, trading up, trading down, doing this type of thing. Um, I think that'd be a mistake. And I think the second mistake would be to pursue Watson, which I don't think they're going to do anymore. There's so many rumors now that Flores is going to go to Houston and, and he's going to wind up staying there. I don't know how that's going to work out, but you know, not according to the GM. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't see that happening, but although he didn't quite close the door with his statement, but he almost slammed it shut. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, Um, but where Flores lands, you know, Watson may follow. You know, the thing is, this is I, I don't think it's a good thing for him to come here. I think it just, you know, just puts so many more monkey wrenches into everything. Um, you know, your, your ability to sign free agents, to re-sign guys that are on the roster is going to be limited. Um, you're going to give up all your draft picks or most of them. So you're going to be kind of, you know, uh, hand tied for the next couple of years in regard to that. I think it would be a major mistake. I think that, um, you know, they're kind of, they're going to go with Tua next year. You know, they're going to give him another year, you know, try and get a couple more guys around him. And, you know, hopefully he, he, he does better than he did last this year. And, um, you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of Tua, everybody knows it. Um, I think that by trading for Watson, it'd be a big mistake. Now, if you go out and you sign a Russell Wilson, um, I'd be all on that. Well, you don't know, you I, have to give up the same stuff to get Wilson that you have to I, to give you know get Watson? I, I I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I mean, that's the big question. I really don't know. Isn't he a free agent? I don't think so. I thought he was. No, I think they were going to trade him. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was a trade situation. 
either way, um, you know, Wilson, Russell Wilson has character, Mike. And I mean, you know, the character, I mean, listen, you know, we can go back and forth and regard the Watson. The bottom line is, is, you know, there, there was issues here. Well, and I'm trying to figure out what the problem is, you know, giving up the assets or, you know, just his, uh, it's both. It's yeah, okay. both. You know, when you bring in Russell Wilson, you're bringing in a guy that, you know, he's a stand-up guy. You know, I mean, he he goes out, he busts his ass. Not that Watson doesn't, but Watson comes with a three-ring circus, Mike. And and this organization at this time does not need, you know, a three-ring circus behind the three-ring the three-ring circus we already have here. Yep. You know, so, you know, it's just going to add wood to the fire. I don't want to see that happen. Russell Wilson, you bring him in, Mike, and all of a sudden there's like, hey, whoa, look at this. You know, uh, wow, we've got a, a, a really, really good guy here, a good quarterback, and now maybe he can push that offense, you know, to, to a higher level. You follow me? All of a sudden, the free agents might be more interested. Of course they will. You know, and, and th- this all goes, you know, again, you know, it, it comes down to a head coach and who wants to come here and play for that head coach. So, you know, it all circles back to that. And I wish to God and I hope to God that, you know, they they make a decision, you know, over the next, you know, couple of weeks and, and just get it over with so they can we can move on. They can move on. They can start looking for assistance. They can start targeting who they want, who they're keeping. Um, you know, time, Mike, t- time flies. And, you yeah. know, before you know it, the draft's going to be here. So you want everything in place as soon as you possibly can. On, and on top of that, you're fighting other organizations for these coaches. So sure. it's important that they make a decision and they make it quickly. All right. The answer to that question, uh, what is the worst thing Miami can do in their current situation? My answer would be screw up the defense. You got to make sure you hire a defensive coordinator or a defensive head coach that uh, can use what we have and we don't have to rebuild the defense. Yeah. There's, well, that starts with, you know, signing the couple of guys that are, that are the rocks on our defense, you know, Agba across the defensive line and X-Man in the secondary. I mean, those guys are very, very important to the team. If we lose one or we lose both of them, it's, it's a big loss and it's big shoes to fill. And yep. um, we don't, you can't fill X-Man shoes. I mean, an Ogbot is not that far behind, Mike. Um, you know, that, that's a big loss if we lose either one of those guys on that side of the football. If they sign them, we get them back. You know, you bring in a Leslie Frazier, he's not going to screw things up. He understands what, you know, what it takes to play some good defense. And, um, you know, I think he'd be good for that defense. Um, you know, maybe they add a player or two in free agency at the linebacker position to help out a little bit. And um, they're set. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces in place on that defensive side of the football. Art asks, is there anyone out there willing to coddle Tua and raise his game? And if so, who is it? What, in regard to coaches? Yeah. I don't know, Mike. I mean, I, that's really, I, I have no idea what, what anybody's thought process is on Tua. I mean, when I tell you it goes from one extreme to the other with him, and um, it does. You know, it's, it does. It, it's either he's he's horrible, you know, he ha- or he has the capability. 
But nobody out there says this kid is going to be a star. You don't right. hear that at this point. And right. that's 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 alarming. You know, you say, you know, he can be good. You know, they, they, he, he can do this. He can be a good starter, yes. He can be a good starter. He, they have to get more players around them. They have to, you know, get, get stability in the coaching. They have to do all these things. Um, but you don't see anybody looking at him and saying, this guy's a star. He's got star written all over him. That's, you know, that's not the case two years in his career. Um, you know, if there's people out there that, that are saying that, Mike, then they're watching a different game of football than I am, you know, or they're in denial. It's simple as that. Um, I don't know, you know, what coaches think of him. Um, you know, people that are coming in, do they feel that they can no, work I know what with Flores him? thought of him. Yeah, we know what Flores thought of, thought of him. Yeah, exactly. Mike, I think that they have cuddled him. Is that the word you use? Cuddle? Coddle. Coddle. Yeah. They have coddled him quite a bit. You know, they've run the type of offense that he likes to run. Um, you know, they've done things to help him out about as much as they could, regardless of what people say. You know, they ran an offense that, that you know, that he likes to run. Um, you know, they picked up Waddle. Um, they went out, they signed the big time receiver to help him. You know, they drafted they got Charlie Fry to help coach they, him. You they know, brought the in, he liked. <laughs> yep, exactly. I mean, I don't know how much more you can do. Um, you know, we can add some more players around him. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, the running game is very important, but you know, in the games that we ran the ball well, it didn't have any effect on his play, which is kind of concerning because they ran the ball well in games and, and he still had the same issues that, you know, that he had. He was consistently the same for the most part. And that's a problem. You know, he's got to yeah. have games where he, you know, he just, he just puts it up and just looks phenomenal and, you know, plays, plays an outstanding game, you know. And, um, you know, up to this point, we haven't seen it. And, um, I, again, I just don't know if there's a coach out there anymore that feels overly strong about him. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, ask, do we, do we bring Parker back? Mike, if you're, before we move on to that question, I mean, if you're, if you're in a, if you're a coach, what, what, what do you do with, with Tua? You know, if you're coming in and you think that you can fix him, what, what do you do? What do you do with him? I think you start from square one, honestly, which, his which mechanics, is, his well, footwork. I think square one is actually in, in the, um, in the um, study room, Mike. I think that's square well, one. Well, that's, that's just as important, sure. Right. I mean, but, you know, if, you, if anybody out there thinks that NFL coaches, and I don't care if the Dolphins had three assistant head coaches, Mike, they're all professionals. They're working for NFL teams. Now, are, are some better than others? Absolutely. But when you get an opportunity in the NFL, you're busting your ass, right? As, an, as a coach, you want to get a name. You want to stay. This is your livelihood, period. That's it. Means if your any, family. If, exactly. If anybody out there thinks that the coaches, on the offensive side, weren't trying to do as much as they possibly could for not only Tua, but the whole offense, then they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. So it becomes a situation where 
you give them the playbook, you give them film, you show them the film, you know what teams are going to do. It's up to the individual to then process it, study it, understand it, and then execute it come Sundays. And you know, uh, Lewis, he had the benefit of sitting next to and working with two experienced backup quarterbacks. Yeah. If that was something he didn't know, he didn't understand, or he had trouble with, you know, he had people to ask that right. could give him an answer and an intelligent answer. So, I mean, to me, there, there's no excuse for him not being prepared and not doing some of the things that he was accused of not doing. Now, right. as, as we get into, you know, a new staff and, and new ideas, and we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe Tua realizes uh, he had a shortcoming there, or maybe it was embellished, and maybe that wasn't exactly the case. But uh, we have every reason to believe it was the case because of things you've heard. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, if, if he's going to be successful, he's got to be prepared on Sunday. I mean, that's where it starts, right? And then he's got to be able to execute. Yes. Yep. All right. Matt asks, what the hell is Ross doing? No, we missed it. You missed one. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go we, back. Do to we want to bring Parker back? I think so. I mean, you know, part, listen, if two is coming back, you know, Parker is, is up for that. And for whatever reason, because my goodness, I mean, you would think that it's the complete opposite. Those guys just can't connect when they, you know, when they're on the field together, it, you know, it, there's, I, I don't understand what it is. It just seems like they just can't get on the same page, period. Um, but if if Tua comes back, then you got to have Parker come back. He's under contract this year, Mike, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to bring him back. I mean, you don't he, have to, but. Well, Mike, with the, how much money is he making? I mean, he's making nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing compared to other guys. I mean, you know, Parker's a guy that when he's healthy, he's, he's a very, very good football player. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He's got great hands. He's not afraid to go over the middle. Um, you throw a jump ball up nine times out of ten, he's coming down with it. Um, he doesn't get a lot of separation, but who cares? Aronde Gadsden didn't, right? <laughs> Gadsden <laughs> was covered like a blanket all the well, time. His arms he, extended three yards. Yeah, he made he made <laughs> outstanding plays all the time. And Parker has been an extremely solid receiver for us. If you lose him. You've got a big hole to fill. Who are you going to put there, right? Isaiah Ford, is that who you're going to? Well, hopefully you draft somebody who's going to help uh, open up that position a little bit. Well, Mike, you know, that that was the reason why, you know, and again, I'm not mentioning his name, the, the free agent receiver yeah, yeah, that yeah. we signed. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the third leg, right? Yep. And and he was non-existent this year, and and he's done. So the thing is this, is that if you lose Parker, then you've got two holes to fill. Um, you've got Waddle, and you don't really have anybody else. So Parker's got to come back. I mean, even if you do draft a really, really solid receiver, you know, a guy that can get down the field and just, you know, be another another really good player, you, you have to have a guy like Parker on your team. Nice possession receiver. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I agree with you. He's got to come back. You absolutely have to bring him back. So what the hell is Ross doing? He's doing the same thing he's been doing. I mean, that's that's the answer. <laughs> that's I it. I mean, you know, he's you know, 
he, he, he's got issues. That's all I can tell you. I mean, he's, he's not making smart decisions. You know, the, the well, comment- look, let's, let's go backwards a little bit. I mean, letting Philbin go was a smart decision. Hiring him wasn't. Uh, you know, you had Gase, right? right? Letting him go wasn't a bad decision. Hiring, hiring him probably was, right? Right. So, I mean, the problem that he's having, as far as I'm concerned, is, is hiring the right coach. Now, I don't know if it's him or if it's Greer or, or if it's uh, Garfinkel or Marino or who it is sitting in on these interviews that's making these decisions, but it's not working. They got to do something different. They have to figure it out, Mike. And I mean, you know, this is, this is long overdue. And, um, you know, the common denominator, and I think the biggest issue with this football team is the fact that they haven't been able to, to bring in, you know, superstar players that can carry your team. And I don't care what side of the football it's on. I mean, X-Man is an exception to the rule. He's a game changer, you know, but he can only do so much. You know, you can avoid him over the course of a game. I've said this before, you know, on the offensive side, if you bring a guy in that's dominant, whether it be a running back, a wide receiver, a quarterback, you have no choice but to face him, you know? I mean, you can't avoid him, you know? Yeah, that has nothing to do with what Ross is doing, right? Well, he's got, he's got the guy underneath him, Mike, that's been putting these teams together for 20-plus years in regard to through the draft and now through free agency as well. That's where the problem lies. And, you know, it, it begins and ends right there. I mean, he's relying on the guys right underneath him, and they're failing him. And it's as simple as that. And, I mean, you know, you talked about the, the – talk about the hiring of the coaches to begin with. I mean, you bring a guy in, and then a couple of years later, he's gone. You bring a guy in, a couple of years later, he's gone. You're making bad decisions all the way across the board. How many good decisions – has Greer made over the years, Mike? There's not, there's not a lot. I mean, me and you can go into a draft room, right, and look at guys and hit on as many guys as he has, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll hit on half of them. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit on half. And I'll tell you what, I probably would have done a better job than him because had I been drafting for the Dolphins, I would have had Herbert here. I would have had Jonathan Taylor here. And numerous other players. I don't remember that you have being failed. on Herbert, but I do remember you being on Taylor. No, Herbert was an absolute definite, Mike. If we're drafting a quarterback, I, I was hell bent on him over Tua. You know, I, I didn't like the injury issue with Tua. Yep. I felt it was a mistake, and he's smallish to begin with. So, he is. you know, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor was a no brainer. Um, you know, at that point in the draft. And, you know, listen, there were other issues too. I mean, the kid up in Minnesota, the wide receiver was a guy that, you know, we had an opportunity to draft and he was right there for the taking. I mean, we're going to get into this later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the point of the matter is, is that that that's the whole situation. You know, Ross is relying on people that are failing him and the people that have been failing him and continue to fail him are still around. So until that's fixed, then, you know, that, that's what the hell he's doing. All right, Lewis, that's the questions that we got for today. Wow. All Went right. quick, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was a question show. Very good. All right. Uh, is there anything you want to add uh, before we go? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the, you know, I mean, we've basically covered everything. Um, 
you know, we, we, we talked about the head coaching situation. Um, you know, the playoffs were quite interesting. You see the separation. You know, Buffalo um, just destroyed New England. Uh, Daniel, uh, probably why <laughs> you're not doing the show this week. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Buffalo destroyed New England. Um, Kansas City destroyed Pittsburgh. You know, you saw some real separation in yeah. some of these playoff games. And yeah. um, the thing is this, is that it's always good to make the playoffs. It, it truly is. Um, but, you know, once you get there, you got to be competitive. And some of these teams that were there were just not deserving. Um, you know, Pittsburgh comes to mind. You know, New England, you know, they, they did a really good job. I mean, Belichick does a great job getting that team prepared, and they did as much as they could under the circumstances. Um, you know, Pittsburgh kind of fell in the shit, you know, and they, they fell in there. They weren't a deserving team. But this is, this is what happens when you expand – Sure. You know, you know the, the teams that are going to make the playoffs, you're going to get some of these games. And they, they, they honestly weren't enjoyable. I'll be honest with you. I love playoffs, but, I mean, some of these games were just absolutely horrible. I mean, do yeah, you agree with that? They were. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they were bad. You're looking so, for the back and forth nail biter, you know, and we really didn't get much of that. No, we had a couple of games that were, you know, that were good football games, but um, you know, the the Bengal Raider game comes to yeah. mind. I mean, yeah. that, but you knew that was going to be somewhat competitive. Um, you know, but some of the other games, I mean, the efforts put forward by Pittsburgh, New England, I mean, they just, you know, they just did not do a good job at all. Philadelphia, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I look at some of those teams, Mike. I, I don't see them as playoff teams. No, but that, well, neither does anybody else. I mean, exactly. You know, except their, maybe their hometown fans, you know. But uh, yes, uh, as as time goes on here, I mean, through this week, I think we'll start to see more competitive games. Oh, absolutely. This week's going to be a fun week. No question about it. I'm looking forward to the games. Yeah, me too. Yep. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl favorite? I want to see Green Bay win it. I really do. I want to see Rodgers get another ring. And, um, you know, j just the fact that, you know, he just puts them in that position year in and year out. And, and, and you know, it goes, they have a solid team, Mike, but their defense is not as good as ours. You know, he makes such a difference over there on their offense. And sure. that, that's what a superstar does. So I'm rooting for him. Tampa, their defense is not playing as well as they were. So, you know, I don't know I, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Green Bay. I don't see Tampa beating Green Bay. The other game is, um, who do you got? You got uh, the Rams against the 49ers. Woof! I mean, that, that's a tough one to call. That's an extremely tough one to call. But San Francisco's beat them both times. So yep. I know they got to go to, uh, I think they're going to L.A. Yeah, they're definitely going to L.A. So I would probably give LA a slight edge, but we got to pray that San Francisco gets knocked out. Cause if not, Mike, we're drafting 28th uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> at best 29th yeah. at no, 29th at best. Woof. That's not good. You know, that's not good. So, you know, we got to hope that the Rams knock them off. Um, but honestly, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, you, San Francisco, if Garoppolo plays well, you know, they've got a team. They're, they're going to be down a few guys. I think Bose is hurt. They're going to be down a few guys this week. So I don't see them getting past the Rams. 
And I think if the Rams have to go to Green Bay, Mike, it's not happening. Green Bay's going to the Super Bowl. What about in the AFC? In the AFC, I mean, Kansas City's just, I mean, they are so tough. Um, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo's going to um, Kansas City this week. And I think that that favors Tennessee in regard to, you know, <laughs> knocking off Cincinnati. Um, now, Buffalo and Kansas City, Mike, to me, that's a toss-up there. It really is. It's, yep. it's whoever plays better defense. Yep. And then when they go to Tennessee, again, it's whoever plays better defense because all of them are capable. I think Derrick Henry is going to be back over the next week or two. Uh, that's what the talk is. And, I mean, all of those offenses can move the football, Cincinnati as well, but it's whoever steps up and plays the best defense among those four teams. AFC is up for grabs, Mike. It really is. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know who's going to go from the AFC. I don't think anybody does. I mean, you know, because really Tennessee and uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, I mean, you can put the three names in a hat. Whoever you pull out could win it. Uh, I think, any of those three teams are capable. You know, what's, what's interesting about Buffalo is that Singletary is actually running the ball very well. And, yep. and that's an added dimension that they haven't had. I mean, he's had a really good second half of the season. Um, but their defense is, is like in question. You know, I mean, they, I, they should be better than they are. I agree with you. Um, you know, Kansas City's defense, they played very well, but Pittsburgh hasn't done anything on offense. Right. You know, they right. played very well last week, but Pittsburgh's been a horrible offense all year um, in regard to passing the ball. Um, you know, Tennessee's defense is interesting. You know, I mean, Mike, you know, it, it, it's such a toss up there. It really is. And that's not to say that Cincinnati can't go into Tennessee and beat them either. I mean, you know, with the way their offense is playing, you know, they could go out there and outscore them. And if Tannehill has one of those days where, you know, he, throw, he turns the ball over once, twice, three times, you know, they're going to have a hard time winning. So it, it, it's really up for grabs. It's going to be yeah. really interesting in the yeah. AFC. I didn't mean to dismiss Cincinnati. I just don't think they're quite on the level of the uh, other teams that we spoke about. No, they, they probably aren't, Mike. But my goodness, if their offense is on. Oh, yeah, sure. Look out. They, they can beat anybody. They can. I mean, you got Mixon and you got three really good receivers. I mean, Boyd, uh, Higgins, and, and Jav- <laughs> Chase. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you know, Burrow, I mean, you, you've got weapons all over the place. I mean, if I'd rather not talk about Cincinnati. You're starting to piss me off. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> they got a good offense. Their defense don't know enough about them to really have an opinion of them. But um, anyway, it'll be fun one way or another. It will. Um, I'm looking forward to this weekend's games. And uh, on that note, Lewis, thanks for joining me this evening. I know it's late. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.